0: And gentlemen, this is gone by lunchtime. No my hi to my. Ben Thomas, hi. Hello. Annabelle Lee, hi from the Huey.
1: Um
0: it's uh we're right in the middle of debate season, really, aren't we?
1: It's very debatey at the Um, moment. Um
0: so much debates. Um
2: it's the happiest time of the year.
0: And um in the spirit of Christmas, the the spinoff.co.nz is having its own debate on Wednesday evening, Wednesday the 6th of September, and for uh, any of you who is listening like really soon after we publish this podcast, do you publish a podcast? Whatever it is you do with it, on um, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening. If you would like to come to our debate, which is in Auckland on Wednesday evening, big uh, gear, you know, six o'clock for seven, sort of thing, um, ping an email to infothespin nz. We've just got a handful of places available to. Um, Uh, nearest and dearest gone by lunchtime whanau
1: is it up is it up in here up at the spin no
0: it's at a location in auckland oh do do people get to
2: meet annabelle if they come i don't know you're coming
1: um it depends if it's at the spin-off because i can i can only walk up three flights of stairs like once a week it's not it's not i was going (laughs) to say if if, if, if you suffer maybe up a
0: little bit of steps (laughs) Sorry, okay.
1: Kara. I was going to say, if, if, if you want to come but you have like fitness issues or asthma or anything, this is probably not the debate for you. You'll be dead before you get here.
0: Um, yes. It's not here, okay. though, so... Okay. That's um, good. The debate last night, the high point of the campaign, maybe in dramatic terms, uh, was uh, the News Hub debate held before a live studio audience... You were there, Annabelle? I was there. Tell us about it.
1: Um, it was an impressive setup and very well attended. Um, high production values, as you'd expect from TV3. Uh, it was supposed to be a neutral audience, but. During one of the breaks, Jacinda walked over, and a young man sitting in front of me screamed out, "I love you, Jacinda!" <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know maybe if it she was just
2: entirely work. Yeah, maybe person. it was one really winning <laughs> segment. Potentially, for potentially,
1: but yeah, no, it was a good debate. Um, Auntie Mary was there to cheer on Bill. That was exciting. Oh, I
0: didn't didn't see her yes, on the television. Yes, she
1: was there. So it was Carmel Sepuloni and a few others, and members of the press gallery, and and then. Um, yeah, me and Morgan Godfrey.
2: And you were you weren't there? Then. I wasn't there. And Annabelle was on uh, a, a panel with my colleague Matthew Hoodon, from mm. Exceltium, who she's been two timing me with, right? Mm. In commentary. Um, yeah, I felt it was it was quite a shock. I was watching on my TV, and then my whole world collapsed.
0: But you were just telling us that you weren't watching on t- your TV because you couldn't get the technology to work yeah i
2: missed the first five minutes of the debate because i couldn't figure out how to make chromecast work on my tv and um and but but fortunately there was a millennial on hand and you were drinking heavily through the right? i did, political drinking games i think a a a Probably one of I don't have a lot of hobbies, so you know there's not stiff competition. But one of one of my favourite pastimes is political drinking games, and you can only really do leaders' debate ones sort of once every three years. So it's mm. sort of like the World Cup. Yeah. Um, you, you if if anyone's interested, I can publish on Twitter the rules for the Hollow Men drinking game with oh. the the Barry and Nikki Hager DVD, and you can play that any time. Ben, no, do you use but,
1: craft beer when you're playing this drinking game, or is it like shots of like single malt? Whiskey and stuff.
2: Uh, no, <laughs> it's uh, I had double brown last night. Oh, crazy! Yeah. So, so cra- craftish, craft adjacent. Um, now that we've got the important things out of the way, let's Ooh. talk about the
0: debate itself and about the. I guess what were the what were the striking things for you? It was I was surprised to hear Bill English pledge to bring 100,000 children out of poverty by 2020.
1: Yeah, it would have been good to have heard more about that, but then it kind of disintegrated into a bit of a fight about is there 100,000 or is there 290,000? And I feel like Jacinda was able to lay a bit of a punch there because um, the government has refused to um, sign up to a formal measurement of child poverty in New Zealand Mm. and UNICEF say there's 290... Bill is saying there's less than half of that so um, but but um, well done Patty Gower getting a commitment out of the government to um, raise those kids out yeah. of, out of poverty. Well, well done.
0: It's been nine long years of steadfast refusal mm. steadfast insistence that you simply can't create a measurement of poverty that will allow you to of, of child poverty that will enable you to set a target and within the blink of a news hub eye... All has changed, Ben Thomas.
2: Yeah, it's actually becoming a bit of a theme of this campaign. Um, Over the weekend, Jonathan Coleman, the health minister, was on Q&A with um, David Clark from Labor, and uh, just a month or two back, Coleman was saying there was no way you could set a target for reduction in suicide numbers, a government target. He said, you know, the government doesn't have all the levers to make that happen, and it's an impossible dream. And I I think on Saturday, he said that he, he would consider it. Yeah, and he, that, um, he, that, he, that that was something they were seriously he was, he looking like at. He
0: was so so is, is this all happening on the fly? I'm, I mean, it didn't. I don't. It, I it absolutely strongly, is. I did, <laughs> it is, I did it is. not get the sense that the strategy team of the National Party had sat down and said, "You know what? Well, here's a good time to announce a, that we will completely vault fast on our existing position and announce a target for lifting children out of poverty, and we'll do it at minute twenty six of the news hub debate."
2: Well, no, look, I, I mean, I don't think Bill would have come up with it during the debate. I don't think that would have just been sort of yeah, spinning wheels yeah. and wearing cogs. No, no, no. I mean, um, the first debate was extremely there close, were no, I think. no details on thought. it
0: afterwards, as far as I could tell.
2: No, no and look, I, I, I don't think that it's incompatible to say that it, they came up with it in the days leading up to the debate and they also have no idea how it's going to work. Mm. And I think those are two totally consistent statements. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty around this. The, they, they said they were going to use the OECD measure... Um, Bill suggested that the um, that what would actually happen is just the family's package, the the gross amount from the family's package that they've would do it automatically. Would, would yeah, would because lift it's, everyone to the
0: fifty percent of mean household y- yeah, income, that's right. That, right?
1: Yeah, one thing I liked about the debate though was that there was actually room to really sort of debate those issues, which I think was missing. Uh, that, that was missing from the TBNZ debate, which was very heavily focused strictly on sort of the economy and
2: mm. um, yeah. capital
1: gains tax. It was nice that um, Paddy was able to kind of explore some of those um, ethical issues a bit more.
0: It felt like the debate one uh, was very much in the shape of a V and that everything came back and forth between the kind of... Uh, traffic wardening of Mike Hosking, which mm. I don't think necessarily was his his fault. It was as much that the two were very wary about engaging directly with one another. But last night it felt very much like a, I was about to say three-way, but that's probably a bad choice mm. of words. It felt as though there was a proper interaction going on between the two would-be PMs.
1: Yeah, I like too that the questions were a little bit quirky and unexpected, like the very first question, can you survive politics without... Um, without telling a lie Mm -hmm. um, was a really interesting way to start. And I have to say that it sort of instantly put Bill on the back foot Mm -hmm. because I feel like he fudged his way through that one, whereas Ardern was able to give a relentlessly positive, um, (laughs) clear, concise (laughs) answer. Which
2: in a way is hilarious because I think Bill is still hamstrung a little bit by his unshakable tendency to try to honestly answer questions. Um, And Mm. I I thought it was quite interesting. Bill looked much more comfortable, I think, in the panel section with Annabelle uh, and the others, Afterwards, than he did actually sort of standing at a lectern, thundering about um, you know values and visions and that kind of thing, um, because I think you know he he genuinely wants to be in a situation where somebody is seeking information from him and he's giving information, um, whereas you know Jacinda. Lots and lots of talk about visions of values. You know, she said what was her line? Uh, it was a good one, you know. Um, I believe
1: the children <laughs> are our future. You know, <laughs> build the world.
2: Let them lead, lead the way.
1: Yeah. That but, was it. Did you not hear her say that? That was the <laughs>
2: Uh, all, all, all you hear when Jacinda speaks is sort of like like wind chimes and waterfalls, <laughs> isn't it? Like, um.
1: I thought one one thing that that English did well last night was um, to channel the Kiwi battler Wairua You know, like um, what what was the question? You know, what do you bring? Oh, I can't remember what it was, but his answer was, you know, I got. I got back up again. It was about losing the election. Yeah,
0: the And I thought
1: I thought that was you know, that to me is his strong point that he that it's one of his strengths that he can play to, that, you know, he does have this experience and he knows what it's like to be down. He's been at the bottom, he can I fight his way to down, the top. I get up again. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> um and you know, you've got you to gotta give it to Bill. He's a pretty brave guy. I remember he did the fight for life all those years ago. Mm. So he's prepared to put it on the line, and I think that's his sweet spot, and he should try and stay I there as much as possible.
0: I thought they were both good. I thought neither of them... I thought both of them... They thought, yep, they, they could both be... Prime, they both look prime ministerial. And in a way, that's that means that it's, in the broader scheme, a, a win for Jacinda Ardern, given she is so new to the leadership, mm. if not to politics. I,
2: I think that's absolutely right. She... Looked very sort of composed, self-assured, and controlled. There was one moment when Bill tried to interject, and she just sort of said, "Wait." And it was kind of <laughs> yes, it was like was it was a, like a Jonah yeah. Lomu ninety five World Cup fin. It <laughs> was <laughs> well, there was
0: the Richardson U. That was the it was it was kind of and we yeah. filed together these kind of one syllable moments of the rise of Jacinda Ardern. I I think
1: it's important too to see her being assertive and I feel like that's what was Mm. really missing from the last debate. She Mm. looked, um, you know, I I know I mentioned it last night but when she was standing at the lectern shaking her head but not interjecting and almost looking plaintively Mm. at at, um, Hosking wanting him to interject on her behalf, that's not a show of of strength or confidence, whereas I think last night, seeing her interject more and debate um, and defend her... um, policies with rigour, I think it made for a much stronger performance I agree than with, the first. I agree
0: with you. I do, though, think, going back to the thing we were talking about slightly before about the thing, of you know, she, her kind of default position is values and her default position is this is my vision. And I feel like at moments, and maybe this is what happens if you're someone who's watching more politics than, than most people who have real lives do, but she had one line in it, which was she talked about. I want to talk about how people feel, and I thought, you know what? That's on one level, that's a really good line, and it's true. On another level, uh, you know, I don't want to overstate it, but how far are we, uh, away are we from truthiness there? You know, I, I, I mean, how people feel, for example, and we'll get onto this a bit later, is that crime is terrible, and this, <laughs> it's, but it's not. So how people, it's, I just sort of think you but can you know only what? play that too so many times. You know,
1: well, I don't agree because I think um, you know. The debate wasn't for the people in the room. It was for ordinary New Zealanders who are watching. Mm. And most of them don't know what what GDP is and how important it is and whether it's doing good or bad or whatever. What She's right. What people know is how they feel. Do they feel like they're getting ahead? Do they feel like they're struggling to get by week by week? And I think those sorts of lines, as trite and annoying as what they might sound to Political hacks and those in the know. For the average Kiwi, yes, that's important. It is about how they feel. Are they struggling, or do they feel like they're getting, you know, for the for people who are national supporters, they might feel like everything's going great for them, and therefore that you know they'll be giving their vote to Bill, and then you know the rest may feel that life is a struggle, and um and they're getting told they live in a rock star economy, and yet they've got cousins that are living in cars, and so I think. Um, there is an audience for for that type of cordial
2: I think if you go back to sorry a long time ago, Bill Clinton, when he was challenging Bush senior for the presidency, a lot of people thought the turning point was a town hall debate that they had uh, where a question from the audience was something it was something about national debt, um, and Bush senior gave. A very erudite, learned answer about why national debt wasn't a problem because it was just it only added so many billions of dollars to the cost of debt servicing and actually um, you know it showed it showed that there was a good balance of trade and that kind of thing um, and Clinton you know knew to a thing of what Annabelle was saying, Clinton knew that this guy asking about it didn't really know what national debt was and just talked about jobs and growth mm-hmm. and, you know, security for families, which has literally nothing to do with the national debt, um, and got rapturous applause for it and, you know, was seen as really and kind of... Um, uh, really connected with the kind of the heartland and the concerns of people. Um where I think that Jacinda risks overplaying it is, she talked a lot about her vision and contrasted um, the fact that she had a vision and Bill just had tunnels. It's still not clear what the vision is. I mean, it's a very impressionistic vision at best. It's very Manet or something. It's There's there's no real... It's
0: this. It's pretty clear in the slogan. That's what's going to be done. Let's do it. No, this. This. Yes. Let's do this. Yes, sorry. <laughs> oh. um, the... The, I mean, as for the debate itself, it seemed to me that the National Party threw everything at it. The, we haven't talked really about what kind of the main news story of the day, by far, that led both the six o'clock bulletins ahead of the debate, was the claim by Stephen Joyce, backed up by Bill English, that there was an $11.7 billion hole in the Labour Party's fiscal numbers. And you talked just before Ben about how that worked for Clinton, uh, avoiding the detail, but it's clearly worked in the past for National and thinking particularly about that, um, what what year would that have been, 2011 versus Goff and the show me the money supposed zinger. very effective line um, and it worked again against Cunliffe on details on capital gains tax and it seemed as though that was timed as a grenade to try and affect to, to try and tilt the bit debate towards what everyone wants to talk about, fiscal numbers. Fiscal management. You know, know, we've got, as as Bill English told us in a line, that that he had spent eight years every day counting every dollar. Mm. And so it's kind of how could he possibly be wrong? Jacinda Ardern said it's a fiction. She argued back hard. But then she said that this sounds like two politicians bickering, which is probably true, but it sounded as well a bit like a concession to my Mm. mind. And yet we have had a series of uh, non-partisan economists come forward and say... No, nah, it's not true. The core claim there's an, that there's an 11 billion fiscal hole ain't true.
1: Yeah, it was a very well tossed grenade, and the thing is that, despite all of those people coming out and saying it's not true, it's still incredibly damaging, and most people don't understand how that stuff works, and you know, or would bother to go through and read their fiscal plan, and so. Um, it had the potential to do real damage, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays mm. out over the next couple of days.
0: It's risky, isn't it? Though, I mean, I, it's yeah. risky
1: in terms of their own credibility yeah. with those people who do know that that what they've said is is apparently. Incorrect. I mean, if it's if
0: it's if it's fundamentally not true, and um, it's uh, you know shown objectively to be untrue, shouldn't Stephen Joyce resign at that point? I mean, seriously, isn't that campaign director, finance minister? I mean, he's 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 said that this is an egregious, shameful error on the part of the Labor Party, and if it were true, it would be would be deeply embarrassing to have 11 billion mm. bucks missing. Doesn't it go the other way too? Well,
2: I think I think where this is different from the Show Me the Money quips is that uh, what they revealed was that uh, Goff and then Cunliffe weren't actually in command of their own policy and mm. didn't know what they were promising. Um, here, Robertson, Grant Robertson, the finance spokesman, and Jacinda Ardern, the leader, came out just very quickly, clearly said, "No, that's not right," um, and so they they cauterized it immediately. Did pre- they? Well, they prevented it from becoming a catastrophe. I don't know. Re- remember when you cauterise well, something, you've already lost a limb. So, <laughs> the, I, I would just I would
0: just say that I watched. For that very reason, I watched both of the six o'clock bulletins mm. last night, and I think if I'd gone and cold to those bulletins, I would have thought,
2: euh, fucking Labour, eh? Mm, no, that's yeah. right. And the, and, the, and the newspaper stories were, Labour denies $11 billion holes. Yeah. So, look, it, if if we never hear anything more about this again, and I suspect right. Na- National won't be front-footing it anymore, right. it's achieved its purpose. If it stays yeah. as a he said, yeah. he said, she said, if it stays as... They say this, yeah. we say that. Then and the fact and that English
0: over,
1: continued to defend it last night, despite yeah. lots of people coming out, he doubled, down, out. On it. He doubled, he doubled
0: down.
2: down. And and we were talking before about the incredible workload that journalists covering this campaign have. Like it's it's mammoth. Hmm. You know, hmm. everyone in TV, radio, um, newspapers Podcasts. are doing are doing. F- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> plucky oh, startups,
1: podcasters
2: <laughs> um, are you know are really under immense time pressures and they're and they're churning out sort of ha- at least half a dozen pieces a day they're yeah. all doing Facebook live they're all they're doing podcasts now as well mm-hmm. right um, and the idea that they're going to be and, and they're not financially trained and so the idea that they're going to be able to sit down and check through exactly. all of all of all of the line by line before they run Joyce's claim hmm. Joyce knows that they won't yeah. do that right and so you, you've got at least a day where it's a contested he said she said story hmm. which can only reflect poorly on labor. Um, so it is, uh, to use a horrible phrase, good politics, um, but yeah, it, it, it is really taking advantage of the immense pressure that the people covering the campaign it are is. under. It
1: is, you're absolutely right, and that's why it's so potent and so damaging, because it is so incredibly complex to to figure out for, you know, for political Junos, mm. let alone, you know, the average mm. Kiwis. So. But it's
0: also high risk. Sorry, I'm repeating myself, but it is also high risk because if it is you know, there is I don't I don't I don't think it's true the way that some of some of our friends on Twitter are saying, Oh, this is hopeless. Again the media are just doing he said, she said. I mean, as you say, Ben, there isn't kind of an instant will the, will they hit objective the, yeah, economic yeah. analysis no. machine. It yeah. takes a while and I don't, well let's see. Let's I mean all I mean is let's see. Let's not just sort of dismiss the mainstream media immediately, you know, I'm not saying no, you're not, that. Not, not, not at all. No, but, no, I, but, I mean, but,
2: I, you know, I, I think that um, where it sort of landed, and I think this is why National will probably avoid a lot of blowback from it. Um, it's it seemed to be in in the eyes of some people that what had happened is Labor have taken a less orthodox approach to the way they account for future spending in core government areas like health and education, mm. upfront loading into those line items rather than the future expenditure yeah. line item itself. Yeah. So it looks like... Earmarking
0: this money, this is going to be yeah. health, this is going to be
2: education, so they've that, got a bit less... That's right, and there's, yeah. and there's a number of reasons why they could have done that. Labour say it's because they were trying to be honest about their intentions. It could be so that they can claim they're spending more money than national right. on core areas. Um, there there's could be any number of explanations. Um, and, and so because they laid out their... Um, because they laid out their budget in a, a less orthodox way there you know either either Joyce did misinterpret it or Joyce saw this kind of ambiguity and sort of willfully kind of gave it the least charitable interpretation and I think those though, both of those things are probably you know that that second explanation is probably a little more acceptable to the public than just fucking up or just outright lying the sense, however, in
0: all of this is that uh, the National Party are in a mode we haven't seen for an awfully long time, which is on the hop, trying to come up with things, trying to appeal to the base a bit, as we saw on, was it Sunday, when the policy was announced to do with gangs and summary... Uh, right. Not execution, but um, being able to they're, they're being That's able, for one being week able to search their properties um, without any um, suspicion. Blah blah blah. And then Hume, uh, Paula Bennett made what was accepted to be a mistake, uh, in which she said that <coughs> some people have fewer human rights than others. Um, is this all part and parcel of the same thing, Ben? Is that what your col- I haven't read your column yet. Is that what your column is about? Your roadrunner Pli- column. Pl- please Herald? buy
2: a print copy of the Herald. Um, oh, what to, page are you on? It's just, you on the, yeah, it's in the print. Is it? Yeah. Nice. You know, oh. I can I can clip it out and send it to my parents. But, you know, like, just just buy it. Just, you know, show NZME that, you know, Ben Thomas equals cash.
1: Will your parents scrapbook it if you send it to them?
2: Pro- probably, actually. Aww. I haven't given them much to be proud of in life, so. That's yeah. true. Got a short short scrapbook. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like a mood board. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, look, it... Yeah, I mean, I mean, what we're seeing in this campaign is National is really... I think Duncan Grieve, uh, a spinoff publisher, in um, mm. a very good piece on Sunday, he called it The Mask is Off, National is Reverting to Type. I, I don't think it's quite reverting to type. I think that more National is kind of... They seem as if they're running a bit empty on ideas and they're just going back to the things that they remember working 10 years ago when they tipped out Clark, um, and that is tough on crime, that is boot camps for young offenders, that is, you know, um, and, and it's almost Pavlovian sort of response, I think, Um you know, it, there doesn't seem to be a lot of passion or heart behind any of this. You know, you, you can. The prime minister looked extremely disengaged during that announcement, and uh, you know, you, because this doesn't really jibe with any of his sort of social investment stuff. Um, but they see this as a way of just kind of getting an automatic response from their their base and core yeah. voters. Annabelle,
1: I think a lot of Maori would 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 say that when um, when National talks about crime. Injustice and those sorts of issues that it's often, you know, um, coded. We're coming after the Māori and we're cracking down on Māori. I think that's, you know, a, a, a widely held belief, you know, the old dog whistle politics. One of the things that concerns me is, you know, last week was the inquest into the death of Mokorangi Tohididi,
2: mm.
1: And, you know, some of the evidence given was that um, his mum really struggled to find... Um, accommodation here in Auckland while her older son was at Starship Hospital um, because she was getting affiliated and that meant that she had to leave Moko and his big sister in the care of a who were clearly already under huge um, financial and social pressures and we all know how that story ended. One of the things that's in that policy um, talks about cutting off benefits for um gang members who may have an asset and aren't able to explain how they um, how they came upon it. So I'm really worried. what does that mean for the for the tamariki of um of gang members, if they're you know if if their rights are being watered down even further and we know that these are the kids that are really at risk, aren't we just um, making those kids even more vulnerable than what? they already are. And then to have the Deputy Prime Minister of New Zealand talk about human rights in such a cavalier way um, is really concerning. It will certainly concern a lot of Māori. It definitely concerned me.
0: I think Toby Morris um, had my friend Toby Morris had a best line on it when he said that you can't, you, can't, you can't spend human rights at the supermarket. And it, <laughs> and it, and it, and it, felt, it felt a bit like that. Um, all of this, in a way, uh, the last kind of not even a week yet, uh, five days has come in the wake of that amazing Colmar Brunton poll that sucked all the air out of the first debate on Thursday in which it showed for the first time in 12 years the National Party trailing the Labour Party head-to-head is kind of amazing. And then we had a Reed research poll, which was conducted over a longer period but ending on the same day as the Colmar poll, um, which had national head by two points, And but on average, I mean, basically they're neck and neck mm. now. Um, and it's also, I mean, it's, it's all changed so fast, but... But it's—I mean, if you if you look at the mean of those two polls, you've got New Zealand First down at seven point five, Greens at five point five. New Zealand First across the course of two read polls have lost half their support, mm. incredibly. Although that's not gained nearly as much coverage. Where am I going here? What's my question? I mean, what's what what well, are the the minor parties finished? It's amazing
1: to think that six weeks ago, um, you know, Winston was challenging. Andrew Little's right to be called leader of the opposition, and he was on strong ground to do so. It was talked
0: that he should be in those leaders' debate. Whereas now (laughs) that would be bizarre, right?
1: Exactly. And now we've just seen um, New Zealand revert to form, and we're back into a first past the post type election. So Mm. yeah, it's um, it has been what started off as looking like the greatest campaign for the minor parties, Mm -hmm. the Greens included. The Greens moment. um, You know has gone right off the rails, and now they're the greens particularly fighting for their survival and have been demoted to the minor players that um that they are so yeah fascinating, but I still feel like there's a lot of water to flow under the bridge between now and the election, and we might see them lift again. I yeah. think we probably will.
2: I think at the um, TV3 leader's debate, uh, the minor party leader's debate, mm. they had a segment where they said, you know, what would you say to absent friends? And I think they were talking about Peter Dunn and Winston Peters mm. and... Um, and at the major party leaders' debate yesterday, um, you know, it was a bit of a kind of Gilda Kirkpatrick kind of thing. It was like, <laughs> you know, what do you think of the minor parties? And it was like we 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 haven't Who? heard anything Who? at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Ben's diving the, deep into real pod territory. Uh, yeah, I I I, I, I I I want to be able to guest on that next time Duncan goes away. I think it's only fair. Um, but the you, you know it was conspicuous. It was very conspicuous that. I don't think the Greens got mentioned once, did they? The memorandum of understanding? I don't no, think so. I don't, so. I don't think it came They might have got a right. in the first yeah. debate. I think but only Winston
1: and, got and, brought and, up.
2: And in fact, if you look at I mean,
0: Patrick Leyland, uh, who's a sort of um, wonk on these numbers, uh, has, suggests that on the, when you take into account house bias or known house biases whereby the Greens have in recent times registered in the final poll, lower than what the, the, the final vote would they've had in the polls. They could be under five. You know, they're absolutely not safe mm. yet. And it's an incredible thought. If New Zealand First were down to six point something in the Reid poll, incredible thought. Imagine if they slip back under. seems unlikely, but imagine, you know. Mm. The Māori Party, by the way, I just looking was looking before at the fine print in the Colmar Brunton poll. They 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 came in at one percent on the coal run, and they actually registered zero point six percent. Now these oh. are these are small numbers, but it could be one point four, is sort of what mm. I mean when they're doing the rounding mm. and they give you the number. The Maori Party aren't looking safe either. I mean that that at zero yeah. point six, if they win one seat, they don't get a top up at all. The, I mean it's
1: you really have to question, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, the um, the agreement that Honi Harawiti has signed up to because. The Mana Party actually polled higher than the Maori Party in the last election mm. and had Hone won Te Tai Tokido, he would have brought in another MP. He um and, Annette Sykes. and yeah, he would have yeah. brought in Annette Sykes, which would have made for an exciting an exciting parliament. Um but you know, Mana has completely disappeared off the off the map. It's amazing and I just I, I wonder mm. if Hone... Now wishes he had perhaps carved out Tamaki Makoto as well as a part of that deal, mm. just to try and keep yeah. their profile up because they've they've disappeared into the abyss. Yeah, yeah,
0: totally, totally. I mean, more more so than David Seymour. David Seymour's got a much mm. sort of higher, and he's he's an he's also a one seat guy. Clearly, I mean, the other thing I was thinking about this, um, and it seems to me the national strategy now is. The number that they've got, which people have talked about, that isn't true in other elections where there have been these seismic shifts, is they've got the, the, the right track, wrong st- track stuff. Here, the right track is, in the polls is still mm-hmm. higher, still sits around 60, 65, the last last ones I saw. Whereas in other countries, like in the UK, it's more like 40, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm in very rough ballpark sense. And so national... Strategy is if, if you can get rid of everything else and say as you've heard Bill English say repeatedly, voters have a clear choice, a clear choice, a clear choice, a drag race, a drag race, a drag race. His he's banking on that, isn't he? That he's banking on the idea that it's now okay, rather than going against this motley crew because that's gone. Mm-hmm. That ad, you're not going to see that ad again. You're not going to see the ad with the yeah. joggers
1: all lashed together. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now it's it is it's a and and, and in a way. That's fine, right? Yeah. Like, if if it, if it is, a, I think he's right. It is a clear and choice, the and that's good, isn't it? That's yeah. a good election, well, isn't it? The yeah.
1: advantage that he has over Jacinda too is that um, she is making a generational play for young voters, which is you know potentially very powerful, given that there's lots of young voters. Except they don't tend to turn up and vote. Mm. Where you know Bill's strength is that he's playing to an older audience who get out there on the Saturday. And cast their votes, so...
2: And if you look at it, Bill has been doing a lot of time in the regions, Um, you know, during the sort of full flush of the Jacinda effect when, Mm. I I think when, you know, just before she swept, you know, through in the Colmar Brunton poll, he had spent three days in Southland. Um, You know, they're really, really concentrating on getting that regional base out. Um,
0: thanks both enormously for that and thanks Joseph Barbosa, thanks Annabelle Lee, thanks Ben Thomas uh, We have the spin-off debate on Wednesday night. Tune into Facebook, the spin-off Facebook page from 7 Should be a lot of fun. pretty sure it's going to be the debate that decides the general election of 2017 um, There's more debates too. We'll be back next week to um, chew it all over Thank you